it down. And we're going to do something a little different for the next few minutes. We're not going to do anything. I just want you to be quiet as he plays the guitar and just focus on Jesus. Just, just take a few minutes and do that.
presence so strong today. If only my people would just come before me in my presence. Lay everything at my feet. I will give to them what they ask. I know what they have need of, but I need them to request. I need them to ask. He needs to hear you. He needs you to cry out to him. He's just waiting all the time we're waiting on God but guess what he's waiting on us too we need to make that first move I know a lot of people out here I can sense it they're hurting they don't know what's going on in the world they know something's coming I sense it too but you got to open your hearts up to Him. you got to open up your eyes to Him so that He can reveal things in your life that will prepare you for what is coming. It is bigger than anything that we have ever seen and will ever see. We are in the last days. This is the last hour. Wow. It's so strong today. Give everything unto Him. Surrender everything to Him been waiting so long for this time he knew this time was coming he's just as excited as we are oh please 
surrender it all. Give it all unto Him. He's waiting for you. The time is not, this is not the time to hold back. This is a time to give everything unto Him. Surrender all to Him. Get in His presence daily. Get in His Word daily. Renew your minds. Prepare your hearts for what is about to happen. Most definitely pray in the Spirit. Build up your energy, your power. Keep your swords sharpened. The Word of God is coming forth. The Spirit of God is leading what is about to happen. The Father is about to unleash the greatest awakening on the church that we've ever seen. Please don't sit still. Church needs to rise up. Needs to become the church which it once was. But at a greater amount, we are so much, so much more than what we were at the beginning. Jesus spoke of these things. Greater things we will do. That time is now. Get up, church. Wake up. Wake up. Get ready. I'd invite you, those that that touched your heart, to come down to the altar. Now, I realize if you're older and you can't kneel, that's fine. Stay in your seat. But let's consecrate and dedicate today that which we heard by an action. Saying, yes, Lord, that's me. I'm willing. Just leave it. Just leave it. It's okay. Just find a place. We're going to pray. I realize we all have things we're dealing with in our life, and I believe that's what the Spirit of God was communicating to us. But let's give it all to Him. Thank you, Lord. For in the days ahead, you're going to see the altar full, and it won't be you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we hear what you're saying to us, the church. With men, it's impossible, but Father, with you, all things are possible. So position us, Holy Spirit, this day in the spirit and in the natural as we give of ourselves spirit, soul, and body to you. Lord, if there's sin, we repent. If there's anything in our life that is hindering and preventing you from moving, in our life, in our family. Reveal it to us, Holy Spirit. For we pray this morning, not our will, but Your will be done. 
Mark this day. Write it down. This is the hour. This is the new start for some of you. So avail yourself day by day, hour by hour, and yield yourself to the Spirit of grace. Revival outside these four walls. Out into the streets and the businesses, the schools, the neighborhoods, the churches. So we ask you today, Lord, as you indicated, we ask you for that spirit of revival to touch our lives, our families, this church, our communities. And Lord, we believe that we receive all that heaven has for us in this hour. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor and we thank you for it, Father. And we say we are ready, Lord. And what we're not ready for, your grace is sufficient. So we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have your Bibles, open to Philippians chapter 4. Really, sowing and giving your tithes and offerings is a part of worship. Amen. We're worshiping God, bringing it all to Him. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all of your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We've all heard that. But I want to go back and start from verse 14. It says, Nevertheless, this is Paul speaking to the Philippians, You have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once and again for my necessities. 
Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds towards your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received received from Ephroditus the things sent to you from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We hear that scripture a lot, but we don't always read it in context. This was Paul speaking to a people that had sown into the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, then it opened up an avenue for them to receive everything that God had for them. A couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about the missionaries we support. Mike Keyes to the Philippines, Jeff Rogers to Africa. Yesterday, Jeff Rogers called Mike. Uh, His ministry is based out of Texas, and he is in Texas this week for some medical things that he had taken care of. And... Um, there were two things he expressed to us. One thing is that he will most likely, if everything goes as planned, be in the States in the fall, at which time we will have him here, which we haven't had him for years and years. So that's a good thing. The other thing that he said was that um, that he has a a donor that is going to give a matching gift to his ministry up to $20,000, whatever he can match for it. So um, Mike told him that we would, we always send him money. We send him money every month, but we would receive an extra offering for him that would go towards that matching donation and that we would do it within the next few weeks. So today we'll just receive our regular morning tithes and offerings, but next week, if it's on your heart to sow seed, we'd ask that you would give and, and uh, sow a special offering for Jeff Rogers' ministry. He ministers to the the people of Africa, not only the gospel, but he helps their physical needs. He helps them. They have a hospital. They they deliver babies. They dig wells so they have water. Just they do it all. It's a wonderful ministry to sow into. So next week, be prepared if you're interested in that to come, and and we will sow an offering to him at that time. How many would be willing to do that? Stand Stand your feet because I'm going to pray for you. That God will bless you with seed to sow. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the privilege, the opportunity to sow seed into this apostle's life and his ministry. Lord, I'm asking even this week that you will bless exceedingly abundantly above all the people of Harvest Church could ask or think of. Thank you, Lord God. As they're blessed, there'll be a blessing. In Jesus' name. Now, all you have to do is expect. God gives you another opportunity to work, to make extra money. Do it. Amen? Amen. So, uh, we'll receive this morning's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, they're back. Otherwise, ushers, you may go ahead and receive the tithes and offerings, and I'll give you a couple quick announcements. Tuesday night, Patriots United at 6, Wednesday night, midweek service at 7. And then next week, uh, next Sunday, from 12 to 4, we will be offering the biblical citizenship class. And uh, what we're going to do is, I bought a bunch of pork. I'm just going to make a whole bunch of pulled pork. And we'll have buns. And so if you don't want to leave here, if you just want to stay here after church and then attend that, that's fine. We'll just have the sandwiches. If you want to partake in that, 
um, bring something along, a side dish or something, and uh, we'll do that. We will do it quickly. Make it simple because we're going to do it quickly because we're going to start promptly at 12 o'clock. So I would encourage you to do that if you're interested. Yeah, that whole pile. And if you're interested um, and you have not signed up, the sign-up sheet's still back there. So, But this is going to be a great class. If you're interested in this, we'd encourage you to do that. If you can't do it now, we'll offer it at other times and in other venues. It's from 12 to 4 next Sunday. And then it's actually, that's four hours. It's actually about a 16-hour class, and we're going to try to have it done by before Easter. So we'll probably go each Sunday after that. But if you can't do the whole thing, at least come for this two hours because that will get it kick-started, and I think it's going to be so good you're going to be very interested in it. So we thank you for that. We've been on a series, and I'm, I'll go a little ways today and I'll unhook because I'm not going to get through all of today's message. And, you know, anytime the Spirit of God wants to say something or do something, I yield. Amen. It's not about how long the preacher can preach. So if that happens, don't get nervous. Amen. Say, I won't get nervous. This morning we're going to go on. You have your sheets, and I appreciate Kaylee doing that. And and there's some fill-in-the-blanks today. I don't know how far you can get. But uh, our purpose for this entire season came from a word the Spirit of God spoke to me um, last fall about Gilgal and uh, how there's a prophetic parallel with the church today. Amen. Now, we've covered strong leadership, personal responsibility, consecration and circumcision now we're going to start talking about a military mindset say military mindset israel had been slaves in egypt and had developed a slave mentality now after wandering in the desert for 40 years they would have to become a unified military force prepared to do battle in order to possess the land now i want that spiritual truth please because this is what i want you to see this morning Leadership in the church will only do young believers a disservice by not teaching them about spiritual warfare or how to resist the enemy. Let me say it once more. Leadership in the church today will only do young believers a disservice by not teaching them about spiritual warfare and how to resist the enemy. So it's our role, it's our responsibility to teach you. Not just teach you, but train you. Amen? Now, I want you to look. You can find in your Bible Joshua chapter 5. The next step we're looking at is this. Gilgal was a base of military operations during the conquest of Canaan. Gilgal was the base of military operation during the conquest of Canaan. Now, every army needs a commander. Are you all here today? I said, every army needs a commander, needs a general. Would you agree with that? 
Amen. So I want you to, uh, I'm going to ask you something, and uh, you can think about this. But how has Jesus been portrayed to you? How has Jesus been portrayed to you? You want me to show you how the nation, turn that off now, please. Take that all down. This is what Hollywood has done. And I'm going to read to you from Mike Keyes' book, just uh, an excerpt from him, that this is what Jesus looks like to many people. This is not my Jesus. Now, if you're religious, that's your Jesus. This isn't my Jesus. Maybe I stirred up a hornet's nest today. Show a picture of that up there, would you please? That's my Jesus. That's a man. That's a man's man. That's my Jesus. That was painted by that young European girl. You remember the story? Young little girl that had dreams and, and gets all the, and, and painted that. That's Jesus. In fact, how many of you saw Jesus Revolution? You better go see it. I don't know how long it's going to be here. But the guy that plays in the movie plays also the Jesus in The Chosen, which I haven't seen The Chosen. I know nothing about The Chosen. But it's the same guy in this movie that plays Jesus in The Chosen. There's a lot of similarity. Thank you. You can take that down. Let's read in um, Mike Keyes' book. And by way of introduction to this message, he says, How has Jesus been portrayed to you? This is the book on military mentality, and, and uh, it's really good. He says, in America, especially, we've done a great disservice to Christians and unbelievers alike by painting a very incomplete and in an accurate picture of Jesus. Take a fresh look at the way we design, decorate, and even administer our churches in North America. You'll probably notice a very definite slant towards femininity. It shows up in the words, music, and performance style of our songs. It seems to me there's a, often a distinctly feminine feel to most of them. No, I'm not picking on women, so just relax, ladies. Many modern preachers and pastors tailor their messages and ministry primarily for women. Taken to this extreme, it often creates an incomplete mental picture or image of Jesus in people's mind. I'm simply simply stating the obvious. If you have eyes to see the obvious, that is. Doesn't that sound like Mike Keys? There's nothing wrong with tailoring decor, ministry style, or outreach emphasis to women. But if it produced an incomplete understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then it can drastically affect the way we live our lives in the world. While obvious expectations to this trend exist in the church world, there aren't that many. The church today desperately needs to discover the Jesus described in the passages, and we'll be looking at some of those. We've quoted from Exodus to Revelation. Time as we know it does not go on forever. In the end times described by God's Word, the Messiah who is a God of war 
takes his place front and center on history's stage. This is why Jesus is referred to as the Lord of War in various ways throughout the New Testament. Yes, Jesus is kind, gentle, patient, understanding, easily touched with the feeling of our infirmities. All of that is true. However, the Bible also reveals that when the time comes to take care of God's enemies once and for all, then Jesus Christ is also this wild war fanatic who's fearless in battle, who takes no prisoners and accepts no ceasefire or truce. I like that. Make no mistake, when our Lord goes to war, He goes to war to win. If you want to be of any use to the Master in today's end-time warfare, then you must develop this kind of mentality. This is not an option. It is an absolute requirement. Amen? Now, some of you, maybe this will stir up something in you. And uh, that's all right. Jesus stirred a lot of people when he walked the earth. He upset the Pharisees and the Sadducees and a lot of religious people. Amen. That movie we watched the other night, I was, the Jesus Revolution, when 68, 69, 70, I was only probably about 12, 13 years old. I don't remember a lot about it, but it was the hippie culture. And, uh, it's really an interesting, true story. And so I invite you to go see it. But I sat there and watched this movie and I thought about Jesus' revolution. What a big change. The pastor was, had a church. I don't know what kind of church. They preached the gospel and it was prayed, uh, played by um, Kelsey Grammer from Cheers, the cocaine addict that now loves Jesus. And uh, he's the pastor, and, and uh, his daughter's rebelling. And they're afraid she's going to get hooked on drugs. And she picks up this guy, who looks just like that guy I just showed you, on the side of a road, and brought him home to the pastor, his dad, her dad. Because he wanted to, he jokingly said, I'd like to meet a hippie. Well, he met a hippie who was sold out for Jesus. Pretty soon... The pastor realized Jesus was moving and Jesus opens doors to people no matter who they are, their background. You're shaking your head. You saw it last night, didn't you? Pretty soon the church started getting full of hippies. And guess who left? The religious people. And I say, leave. I don't care. I'm the same way. I want to minister to people, no matter their background, their walk of life, the mistakes they've made, the sins they've, you know, committed. God's a good God, a loving God, a forgiving God. That's the God I serve. So if you have an issue with that, don't let it hit you on the backside. We're not like that here today. I realize that. But I'm not going to put up with a religious devil. I'll confront that thing. And if I don't, she will. Amen? Look at uh, Joshua 5. We're not going to get too far today. This is where Joshua, before the destruction of Jericho, he has an experience with Jesus. 
the great commander of God's army. And it says, And it came to pass, verse 13 of chapter 5, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man, capital M, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. Good thing to do. And said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Good thing to do. (laughs) Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And read the rest of it. Joshua did So, Jesus appears to Joshua as the commander of the army of the Lord. By his appearing, God is letting Joshua know that he's in charge. Who's in charge? Jesus, God. Amen. The Trinity's in charge. What's it going to be like in these last days? Same thing. He's in charge. He's in charge. By his appearing, God is letting Joshua know he's in charge. It is Joshua's responsibility, as it is our responsibility, not so much to follow the commander's plans, but just to know the commander. Because if you get to know the commander, you're going to be quite willing and obedient to do whatever he wants you to do. We need to be on God's side not just have him on our side. Now, let me make this statement. This is probably one of those messages. I'm glad we started out the way we did because I'm going to say some things. I've already said some things. If you thought that's what Jesus looks like, I am, forgive me. But he doesn't. (laughs) Unless Jesus Christ is truly Lord of your life, he's not your commander. Luke 6:46 But why do you call me Lord Lord and not do the things which I say? John 4:21 He who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me has the commandments and what keeps them. See what proves lordship? What makes Jesus Lord or commander of your life? Let me give you a few things. You can see it in the the passage of Scripture that I just read to you. Submission of heart, respect, honor, humility, and obedience. Amen? See, that's that's, if if you have those characteristics, He's your Lord. And if He's your Lord, then you can, you know, be willing and obedient. He's your commander-in-chief. You know, and I thought about this. I've been a pastor for 35 plus years. And I've had a lot of people call me pastor. But I've been a pastor to very few. <laughs> Let me say that again. I've been a pastor for 35 plus years. 
And people, and I think it's very nice that respectful people call me pastor. But they've come to church and they've called me pastor. But they never listened and they never did or followed what I asked them to do. I wasn't their pastor. It's the same thing with the Lord. I'm just an under-shepherd. He's the ultimate shepherd. But if I can stand here or Kathy can stand here and tell you to tithe and you don't tithe, we're not your pastor. We can stand here and tell you to tithe and so often you have an opportunity to sow into a missionary's life and you don't do it. We're not your pastor. Real quiet here in this Presbyterian church. See, folks, that has to change in the days ahead. If you think we're going to win the lost and take a city for Jesus, got to clean the house first. Jesus was good at that. It all comes down to your heart, folks. Your heart's attitude. Through the years, I've upset a lot of people. Not everybody likes me. And you know, when I was young, it was just, oh my God, it was crushing me. I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to accept my ministry. But it just wasn't so. But it wasn't that way for Jesus either. (laughs) So how come I'm so special then? They didn't accept Him. They're not... Why is it a big surprise they don't like me? They don't like my personality. They don't like my style. They don't like the pastor's wife because she doesn't play the organ. Oh, you laugh. But in the old days, that's all they expected. When they had revival in Silver Creek, Kathy said they had to hire someone to do... Oh, they didn't hire... Asked her to to minister in music. She wasn't even saved, Mike. She wasn't even saved. Wasn't even a believer. Wasn't a Christian. And there she is in the midst of a beginning of a revival. Did she get saved? Real fast. Where'd she end up going to school? Asbury. Boy, I tell you, folks, it's time to do a sober assessment. Why do you come to church here if you're not hooked up? Just to keep somebody happy? Or do you come to church here because you know you're called to come to church here? That you have a gift. You're here to help Kathy and I hold our arms up. But whining and complaining, that's not holding our arms up. There's people coming. And they're going to have the same spirit and attitude as you. They're going to want to serve God, love God, run after Him every day. But we have a responsibility. Let's, let's, let's do an assessment. Sober, everyone say, sober assessment of our lives and our attitudes. The Lord 
is a man of war. Say that. The Lord is a man of war. He's a warrior. Say he's a warrior. Jesus is a warrior. He's the Mel Gibson of the spirit realm. You, you think that, you know, that's funny and I sh- you shouldn't do that sacrilegious. Well, I see my Jesus that way. My Jesus is not weak, feminine, British. Most of the Jesuses in the movies were British. Some of you got that. Look at Exodus 15. I'll go a couple of scriptures and we'll, we'll unhook and we'll just pick up next week where we left off. The Song of Moses in Exodus 15. The Lord is a man of warrior. He's a warrior. Then Moses, verse 1, and the children of Israel sang this song of the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he's triumphed gloriously. The horse and its riders he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he's become my salvation. He's my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. There you go. It's in the Bible. The Lord is his name. Amen? Look at Joshua chapter 10. Joshua 10. This is where Joshua, their, their Israel, the nation of Israel, is coming against a, number, a, number, a few other countries or nations. And uh, they had a strategy. Remember we prayed and the sun stood still in the sky? That was a pretty awesome miracle. But here in um, Joshua 10, and look at verse 40. 40. Now look at this. So Joshua conquered all the land. The mountain country and the south and the lowland and the wilderness slopes and all their kings, he left none remaining but utterly, what? Destroyed all that breathed, including children. That's a whole other subject, and I'd love to get into that, but I can't today. As the Lord God of Israel had what? Commanded. That's pretty serious business, isn't it? That's warfare. Now, let's, let's end with this. Let's look at Revelation 19, great passage of Scripture. And let's read in verse... Chapter 19 of Revelation, let's look at verse 11. It says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges, and what? Makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a what? Sharp, two-edged sword, and with it he should strike the nations. He himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, that's my Jesus. Jesus is known by titles of war. One of them is Lord of Hosts. Have you ever heard of that before? 
a church in Omaha called Lord of Hosts. This is a translation of the Hebrew phrase Jehovah of armies. Jesus is the leader of the armies of angels in heaven and hasn't lost a battle yet. And he's not going to lose any future battles. Psalm 144 one says, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Now, Josh, there's even a scripture in there that talks about how he teaches them how to shoot a bow. Let's stand to our feet today. Next Sunday, we'll continue and finish this. And, and uh, one of the things that back in 2002, three or four after 9-11. A lot of people signed up for military. And uh, I got a hold of a magazine written by uh, Bob Yandian. When we were in Tulsa, when I went to Bible school, we went to his church. He's one of the finest teachers in the, bo- in the body of Christ. And uh, I'll show you the front of it. I'm not going to read it. I'll wait till next week. It, it talks of it, it refers about the Christian in war. And he wrote the article because a lot of people, thou shalt not kill. And so they didn't think they could go to war. And he answers the question, and I'm going to read it to you next week. And if you have somebody in the military, a child or a grandchild, that's struggling, struggling with having to kill somebody, this will really help you. God is a God of war. He's a warrior. Father, we thank you today that we serve a strong, bold, mighty God. And you are a God of war. And you ordained your people to to fight a spiritual battle. Not with fleshly weapons, but with spiritual weapons. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, you prepare our hearts in the days, weeks, and months ahead to develop a military mindset and realize that we are in the army of God. And we are to yield to our commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, in every area of our life. And Holy Spirit, I know in the days ahead, in all of us, all of our lives, you're going to show us areas that we've not yielded, but rebelled. You're going to reveal to us religious ideas and traditions that have blocked the Spirit of God from moving in our lives. And so, Lord, we continue to thank You we continue to consecrate and dedicate our lives to You. Thank You, Holy Spirit, for showing us that which we need in the days ahead, that we can begin to march in line with the Lord Jesus Christ and not lag behind. We thank You, Father, for Your goodness and mercy this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody here today, you need prayer for your physical body before we go? We want to pray for you. That's one of the...